Chaf Vav Shvat, Tavshin Pei Aleph, coming to you live from the offices of Ariel Tours, I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Our theme song during this coronavirus pandemic. Welcome one and all. Welcome to this week's edition of The Israel Show. My name is Mayor Weingarten. We are here each and every... What day? Monday, of course. (laughs) Monday. Immediately after JM and the AM... 
Do you know what that translates to? You probably know if you listen on a regular basis. It translates to 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Israel Time, and around the world, whatever, wherever you are, whatever time it is, that's the time we are on. So take a note. Make a note. And we thank you for being here. We have a, a, a chock-filled, a, a, a chock-full of nuts show. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right expression. We have a, a big show. We're going to um, going to talk about the Israeli elections, of course. Now that the slates have uh, are final, have been submitted. There's no more trading between teams. So um, we have a better idea of what's going on. And we'll tell you about all those, and it's amazing how many there are in this round. Israeli politicians, almost all of them have a very, very fine background outside of politics who, who left, who just said, that's it, I'm out. I'm out. We'll tell you about them. We'll tell you about, um, we'll read, we'll share with you Natan Sharansky's um, obituary, if you will, about George Schultz, who passed away, um, I think it was yesterday. And um, we are commemorating several yard sites this week. Yesterday was the yard site of the head of the what the British used to derogatorily call the Stern Gang, the Lechi, Avraham Stern, whose name, uh, his underground name was Yair. He was shot in cold blood by British police, 34 years old. 79 years ago today that happened in Tel Aviv oh yesterday that happened in Tel Aviv on Shvat 27 Uri Orbach's yard site and on Shvat 29 later this week it's the yard site of Ilan Ramon 18 years ago the Columbia crashed literally seconds before it was supposed to uh, land safely on earth wow do we all remember that heartbreak I do it was pretty sad um Ilan Ramon's uh, family really went through some horrific, harrowing times. Uh, Of course, after that explosion, to go from the heights uh, of excitement of of being in space to the crash and immediate, totally instantaneous death on the return into uh, the atmospheric pressure of the earth finding as they were searching search parties went out looking for pieces and they found bits and pieces of different things of the body and of different uh, things that he was carrying with him pieces of his diary and so forth were found Uh, his wife was left with their three children to bring them up three young kids then his son, who went into the Air Force following in the footsteps of his father, was killed in a freak uh, accident during a training exercise. Asaf Ramon, he, he was killed at the age of, I think it was 21. And, um, and then Ilan Ramon's wife, Rona Ramon, passed away in her 50s after battling cancer. So it's a family that on one hand was literally on top of the world, if you will, (laughs) 
being in space. We were so proud of the first Israeli astronaut and uh, has really seen so many sad occurrences. So that's the towards the end of the week we can remember him, Chav Tetshvat, what a Kiddush Hashem he was. Every astronaut got to um, have their wives request a song to be played on one of the mornings uh, to wake up the uh, the crew of the Columbia. Rona Ramon chose something called Zemer Noge, uh, sort of like a sad song. And it is better known as Hatishma Koli Wechokishali, Hatishma Koli, everybody knows those words, Hatishma Koli. Um, but the official name is Zemer Nugeh. The words were written by the Meshoreret Rachel and Shmuley Kraus, Allah Shalom, um, was uh, composed it. And uh, this is one of the many, many covers that exists for, uh, for Zemer Nugeh. And we'll play it in memory of Ilan Ramon and Rona Ramon. The words Hatishma Koli Shali reverberate. Do you hear my voice, my voice from afar? Hatishma Koli Basher Hincha. Do you hear my voice wherever you are? How appropriate is that for a wife sending a message to her husband who's in outer space? Let's all remember them. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
תשמע קולי, זמר נוגה. In memory of Ilan Ramon, whose your site is later this week. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. And speaking of... Um, <coughs> excuse me. Speaking of the Nachum Siegel Network, did you see the kosher halftime show yesterday? There was, there's this thing in America called the Super Bowl. I'm not sure what it's all about. It doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. The bottom line is that there's a break in the middle. It's like the movies in Israel. You know, there's a break in the middle of the game. And during that break, they have entertainment. But the entertainment they have is not, it's not good. It's not appropriate entertainment. So eight years, eight years this is going on. Eight years, I tell you, that the Nachum Siegel Network has been presenting an alternative, something that people can watch instead of that halftime show during the break of that game. And it's called Nachum Siegel Network Kosher Halftime Show. And year after year, I've been following it, following carefully, year after year it gets better and better. It is really such a well-produced, fantastic piece for you to watch. Go on to YouTube, type in Achim Siegel Network, and you will find it. Daith Annual. And it's fun. It's fun. So, please. Please go and watch. Um, George Schultz passed away yesterday at the age of 100. Wow. That's pretty amazing. He, uh, is one of only two people to have held four different cabinet-level positions. And he was very involved in shaping the foreign policy of the Ronald Reagan administration. I remember when he was appointed, many in the Jewish community were very concerned because they felt that he was not a very pro-Israel person. He had been for many years the head of Bechtel, which is a oil um, oil company that uh, is very dependent, obviously, on the Saudis and so forth. And so there was a real question about it. And if he was, he 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 changed as he was in the position. He he saw literally how the Arab world has, in his case for sure, no regard for truth, and um, they promised him one thing, and they did another thing, and it was a very, uh, a very quick turnaround when he became a great ally of the state of Israel, which is which is just terrific. He was um, um, Secretary of State in part during the first, what we call the first Lebanon War. And um, and we saw these things uh, come to pass. Um, he also was very involved in the USA, USA's relationship with the USSR at the time. That's... Uh, Soviet Union 
His policies, in part, brought about the fall of the Soviet Union. And um, he was a big proponent of helping the Jews in the Soviet Union with their rights, to carry out their rights and go leave the country and make Aliyah. Natan Sharansky, who had a relationship with him once he was released from prison, was known around the world, wrote a short piece this morning, and I'm going to share it with you. It tells a lot. I, I Last year, I, no, actually now it's almost two years ago, I had an opportunity through um, a mutual friend to be at a lecture with a small group of people, a lecture that Natan Sharansky gave. And this is one of the things he spoke about. Um, he writes, It was the autumn of 1987, and we were working around the clock to organize the Great March on Washington, planned to take place during President Gorbachev's visit. So this is early on in Gorbachev and Reagan's relationship where the Soviet Union was still in the same place it had been not allowing Jews to leave and uh, Anatoly Sharansky, Natan Sharansky decided that um, and and he was working on this I, I think for like he said like for a, like a year or something decided that one of the things that's important would be to have a huge 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 hundreds of thousands of people demonstrating on behalf of Soviet Jewry while Gorbachev is in Washington so he writes, um, but some Jewish leaders, American Jewish leaders, grew more and more concerned. What if the rally will damage detente? What if it will hurt the diplomatic objectives of the USA? They asked him. What if hundreds of thousands of protesters marching for Soviet Jewry will damage American foreign policy? And so they... he. he he doesn't mention it here, but he had said in his uh, presentation that he had to fight not only the the anti-Jewish forces around that were trying to get uh, to block this protest. He had to fight the Jewish leaders who were afraid. So he writes when they put these questions to George Shultz, President Reagan's Secretary of State, he dismissed their worries. Quote, we want this demonstration to take place. And not only do we want it to take place, we want it to be so massive that when Gorbachev comes here, he will see you on every screen and every newspaper. Wherever he turns, we want him to see American citizens demanding the release of Soviet jury. End quote. Two years earlier, during a summit in Geneva, says, uh, continues Natan Cheransky, where his team conferred with his Soviet counterpart, my wife Avital, now this, this two years earlier is before he was released, and his wife Avital just turned the world upside down to get him out. And she would go anywhere and speak to anyone. And uh, she's credited in big part with getting him his name on the uh, international agenda and getting him released. 
the interesting thing is I, I I'll go right back to the um, to uh, Tancharensky's eulogy, but it's interesting that I found out that when when he spoke for our group two years ago that. Avital Sharansky is a very shy person by nature. She does not like to go around to meet world leaders to lobby on behalf of her husband. It is the exact opposite of her nature. And yet, she did all this, makes it even more amazing. And when he was out, finally, she said to him, that's it. Now it's your turn to go around everywhere and speak. I'm staying home. That's so interesting. So two years earlier, during a summit in Geneva, where his team, meaning Schultz, George Schultz, conferred with his Soviet counterpart, my wife, Avital, used the American delegation's platform to attack the USSR and demand my release. Her actions were not initiated or authorized by the American delegation. And some of its members, members of the American delegation, suggested to expel her from the premises. She just, like, she infiltrated their their delegation and got up and started giving a speech because they were worried that the Soviets will see her press release as an intentional act of American provocation. Quote, Let her be, Schultz told them. If I ever go to prison... I would want my wife to do what she does. George Schultz was one of the architects, if not the architect, of America's strategy toward the Soviet Union in the crucial years of the Reagan presidency. But this struggle was never a theoretical or abstract matter of policy to him. He always remembered the people he was fighting for. He saw them. He felt their pain. He brought up their names and particular cases whenever he met with Soviet officials. He told me once that celebrating the Seder with a group of refuseniks in Moscow in 1987 was one of the most emotional experiences of his life. And Schultz carried these emotions into his work. It's one thing to fight against the evil empire. And it's quite another to never lose sight of the people you are fighting for. <clears throat> and continues Natan um, George Schultz, who passed away yesterday, after a lifetime of fighting to better the world, did both. May your memory be a blessing, dear friend, Natan Cheransky, writing about George Schultz. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank <laughs> you. 
בין המציאות לשיגעון, הכל חוזר אליי, שבמקום ממנו באתי אין שלום. והמסע הזה כבד וקצת גדול עליי, אני צריך לגדול מזה ודי, לגדול מזה ודי. אמיר דדון, בן קודש לחול. Really good one. My name is Mayor Weingarten and you are tuned to Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Um, based on uh, listener Moshe's comment on our comment board, I maybe need to clarify when I was... reading from Natan Sharansky's um, eulogy about George Shultz and saying that uh, the, the, there were Jewish leaders that were against the uh, protests. Um, I, I was speaking more about the uh, secular Jewish leadership, um, many of whom are on the left and um, in general were not big advocates of having... Uh, large Jewish um, protests um, anyway so that's that um, this morning in Israel there was a session in the trial of Benjamin Netanyahu you probably don't didn't even know that there's a 
that there's a trial going on. It's hard to imagine, right? Because there's been like one session before this, which was a formality kind of thing. And now this is the second session, which is also sort of a formality kind of thing. But something interesting came up, and I just want to, as we follow this trial, probably one of the more important ones in the state of Israel, it'll be interesting to follow this uh, particular issue that came up this morning. So, the way things usually work would be that the police would get a complaint about a crime that the Prime Minister committed. And that obviously would have to be a, a big deal crime that the Prime Minister committed. I and mean, we're not talking about a little, you know, little things. Because if you're going to try the Prime Minister, you, you better have something good. So that complaint by, by a government agency, by whatever, it doesn't matter, would come to the police. The police, according to the way the law works in Israel, before opening an investigation into the crime, the police have to go to the Attorney General, Avicha Mandelblit, and he has to give his approval to start an investigation. And then... The, the the police can open uh, the investigation. What uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu's lawyers have discovered is that there is no document in which the Attorney General of Israel gave his approval to open an investigation. Not only that, the whole system, the whole way this worked was sort of like the opposite of what would usually happen. The police started looking for things to investigate. That means they opened the investigation on their own and then somehow got an okay from the Attorney General. The Attorney General claims now that he gave his okay, but maybe it was orally not written I, 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 anyone who knows anything about government knows that if there is a requirement to give your approval to open an investigation against the Prime Minister, for heaven's sakes, it's damn going to be in writing. So, it seems like a technicality, but it's not. It really says a lot about how this whole thing works. It's sort of like the, Netanyahu's lawyers are 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 trying to present a quote-unquote narrative which says the police decided to go after Netanyahu for whatever political reasons. And they dug and dug and dug and dug until they found something, etc. Well, that's not the way it's supposed to work. You're not supposed to go out looking for things. You're supposed to investigate when you, when you get a complaint and you... And you better have the approval of the Attorney General. So that's going to be very interesting. It's um, This morning it was brought up again. I don't know where, where it'll end, but there's so many things wrong 
so many things wrong with the way this investigation was carried out. We already know some of them. We already know that one of the state witnesses was threatened by the police. And um, and we know that um, that the um, assistant attorney general, I'm sorry, that the attorney general was in some way being um, can't say you can't say blackmailed, but the the assistant attorney general was holding was was holding his hand on the throat of the attorney general and that is what the attorney general said in a phone call that was later um, um, uh, leaked out to the media so that the um, shiny Tsan, the assistant attorney general I believe um, who who's in, who wanted to keep this thing going had a pressure point on the attorney general's throat. That's another thing that's come out. And more and more is going to come out, and uh, who knows? The problem is, and uh, it was a judge who passed away, unfortunately, but she she was uh, very well recognized. Her name escapes me, of course. She's the partner of Maidan in the something Maidan. (laughs) Whatever. Never mind. It'll come back to me at some point, and I will tell it to you. I'm having a Florida moment. What can I say? Um, it, it starts with a J, a G. Gerstel. No, is that it? Maybe Gerstel. No, I don't know. Never mind. Just ignore what I just said. There's a, there was a judge who passed away, who was not part of the left, and she said, Benjamin Netanyahu will never have a fair trial. He can't have a fair trial under the circumstances that we live in today in Israel and the way the system works. So, um, therefore, it would seem that no matter what they find that would, in normal cases, maybe bring the trial to an end and bring the Prime Minister out as innocent, they will do everything not to make that happen because if if he comes out of these trials innocent, anyone involved will will be pilloried. I mean, the country will go nuts that they were schlepped through years and years and years of this and all these elections and everything. It's all has it's all tied in. It's all woven in with the with the trial. So, yeah. What can we say? All right. And, of course, one of the other things is they wanted to suspend the trial to only begin after the elections. I don't know what that's going to do or not or whatever. Just It just keeps on going. Bob Dylan. I was discussing him with somebody over Shabbos. The times they are changing. This is a cover by David Broza, in which he not only covers the music, but he changed the words to be in Hebrew. Yom Chadash Megiah. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
קצת על עצמכם ותודו שהמים גבו מסביבכם אז אל תיעלבו אם פתאום תרטבו רק תרשו לי דעה להביע כדאי שתיקחו שיעורים בשחייה כי יום חדש מגיע מבקרים וסופרים מכונות של כתיבה תפסיקו לשנוא וחפשו אהבה הגלגל מסתובב עוד מוקדם להספיד מוקדם להגיד מי יפתיע ומי שניצח הוא זה שהפסיד כי יום חדש מגיע חברי כנסת תיתנו לעבור אל תטילו מצור, אל תפריעו לאור כל מי שכאב עוד יחבוש את פצעיו ויחזור אל הקרב המכריע כך שדי בקרוב לא יהיה לכם רוב כי יום חדש מגיע אבא ואמא תהיו עדינים אל תגיבו על מה שאינכם מבינים תנו לילדים ללבלב ולצחוק בלי עברכם המרשיע הזמנים משתנים והאופק רחוק כי יום חדש מגיע We were telling you um, about yard sites that uh, take place this week. Mentioned uh, Ilan Ramon and played a song in his memory. And uh, we'll play a song now in memory of Uri Orbach. His yard site is 27th of Shvat, which is tomorrow. It's very hard to, to describe him. I will, I will say at first that he was, I, I believe, a great person. Great meaning um, very special and uh, accomplished amazing things. 
during the 54 years of his life before he died of, uh, of cancer. He was a religious Zionist. He went through the Hesder program in Kiryat Shmone. But he was a talented, talented journalist and had a way about him where he could explain things to people and talk to people and argue with people in a most beautiful way with humor and um, without rancor. And he won over many, many people as a result. He wrote for many years a column in Yidiot Achronot, and for many years he co-hosted this, the show Hamilaha Achronan Galeit Sahal. He wrote many children's books, and um, in the elections of 2009, he entered politics. And uh, he really revolutionized religious Zionist politics. He turned, he, he brought Naftali Bennett and, um, no, I think just Naftali Bennett. He brought Naftali Bennett into head the Bayit IUD. He He pulled back rather than being the head of the of the party he pulled back and put bennett in front understanding that bennett would be a better top of the ticket and in fact they were very successful in those elections he became minister minister for senior citizens he did a lot of great things in that position And um, he passed away after a battle with chronic hematological hematologic disease, a chronic hematologic disease. It's uh, very sad that somebody was so talented and had so much to give if he would have another... 30 years or 35 years was taken away from us, but that's the way it works. We can't figure those things out. He wrote the words to this... He wrote words. He wrote a song. He wrote words, but he didn't write a melody, and Yishai Rebo wrote a melody to those words. The name of the song is Balayla. Right? The name of the song is Balayla. But of course, when I want to bring it up, I can. There we go. So uh, Yishai Rebo is going to sing it, and the word, the words by um, are by Uri Orbach, Zichronolivracha. Just want to go back for a moment to our previous segment. I couldn't think of the name of the judge. Ruth Gabison, who uh, is the second half of the Gabison Maidan, or the first half of the Gabison Maidan uh, covenant, if you will, agreement, Amanat Gabison Maidan, Ruth Gabison, I thank our listener Tikva in Petah Tikva, 
who always listens and always comments, and she reminded me of the name, and thank you very much. I appreciate that greatly. She's the one that said that Netanyahu, no way that he could get a fair trial um, under present circumstances. Uh, just a note to our affiliates. We're going to run long today. We're going to run past the one-hour mark as the sports show, is, Yoni's sports show, will not be on this morning. So we have a little extra time, and we're gonna we're gonna take it. We're gonna just enjoy things and take it as they come. So here is Balaila Lezecher Uri Orbach. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
In our Meir Milim segment, we shed light on a word or phrase in the Hebrew language. Meir Milim is inspired by the Galei Tzahal radio segments of Dr. Avshalom Kor and informed by the teachings of Dr. Lior Gottlieb. Here is this week's installment. Ten, Vikach, give and take. Two very basic, contradicting words. Let's take a look. To give, Natan, Latet. Lecha eten et ha'aretz hazot, I will give this land to you. And we also have, V'yitain lecha ha'elokim mital ha'shamayim u'mishmanei ha'aretz, God will bless you by giving you great prosperity. That's latet, to give, versus lakach, to take. When Avram's buying the burial plot of Me'arat HaMachpelah, he tells the owner, Natati kesef hasadeh, Natati, I am giving you the money for the field. Kach, you should take. It all seems rather obvious, and yet we run into a problem as we try to read the first psukim of Parshat Terumah, where we find the first fundraiser in Jewish history. It wasn't a dinner. There was no guest of honor. It wasn't even a Chinese auction. It was a straight-up appeal for the building fund. God told the people of Israel to contribute to the building fund of the Mishkan. As an aside, we should mention that the word truma, donation, literally means to set aside and comes from the word laharim or room, to pick up or elevate. We pick up a part of what we have and we set it aside for the mitzvah. The most obvious examples are tithes, known as trumot, truma, when we set aside part of our produce. So now, as God asks us to donate to the building of the Mishkan, we would expect to see the words, v'yitnuli truma, they should give me a donation. And yet, surprise, surprise, the pasuk actually says, Daberel ben Yisrael, V'yikhuli truma. Tell the people to take me a donation? This is not a new question. It's been asked for thousands of years, and countless rabbis and preachers have had their go at it, which is all fine on the level of drash. But how do we understand this on the most basic level? The answer is that, in a certain context, the word lakach means to bring. The exact opposite of its usual meaning of to take. Yeah, kach can mean bring. Here, let's see. When Rivka is plotting her ruse of switching Yaakov for Esav, she tells Yaakov to go out to the ranch and bring two young goats. Lechna el hatzon ve kachli misham shneg izim. One would expect her to say vehaveli misham. Here, Kach means bring. Let's see another example. When Yaakov is on his deathbed and he wants to bless Ephraim and Menashe, he tells Yosef to bring the two boys close to him. Vayomar, Yaakov says, Kachemna Eli Vavarachem. Bring them to me. Not Haviem Eli, but Kachemna Eli. We see that in a few significant cases, the word Kach, which we expect to mean take, means give.
or bring. The Ibn Ezra points this out right here, saying, Milat lekicha im lamid, the word lekicha, lakach, followed by la, too, or lakach li, or lakach elai, etc. Kimo is like the meaning nitina, giving. And so we see that in Hebrew, sometimes a word can mean the exact opposite of what it means. Get my meaning? And that's this week's installment of the Meir Milim segment. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're listening to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. I 
That was um, Yigal Bashan, the late Yigal Bashan, with uh, a combination of Tenli Etayom Azen Kemotsoani. So, of course, Tenli Etayom Azen fits right in with the Ten Vakach Meir Milim segment that we just did. And before that, uh, in memory of Uri Orbach, whose yard site is tomorrow, Balayla, done by Yishai Rebo. Words by um, Ori Orbach, Melody by Yishai Rebo. And my name is Mayor Weingarten, and you are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Uh, we're at the one-hour mark, but we're going to go over. You know, um, we hope you stay with us, but if you can't, you can always go to the on-demand archives, which are available. You can listen to the show whenever you want. Any part of the show, you can zoom your way down to uh, the one-hour mark and hear the rest of the show. And that would be on the Nachum Siegel Network app, which you can download for free, which uh, would be on NachumSiegel.com, on your computer browser. And you can even subscribe. You can subscribe via the Apple podcasts and uh, we'll put a link on the Facebook page we put a link on the Facebook page and we'll continue to do so as we put the links to the songs we played during the show and it would be great if you could subscribe to the uh, podcast that would be that would help that would be very nice um, elections <laughs> After that whole build-up, now i got to get the paper. Here we go. All right, so this past week was the deadline at which all the parties needed to hand in their final work. <laughs> their, they had to hand in their party's list of candidates. And so we now know which parties are running. You know, until that point last week, there was a lot of parties joining and parties splitting and, you know, people starting their own parties and who's in and who's out and so forth. I'll give you an example. Ron Khuldai, who is the legendary mayor of Tel Aviv now for more than 20 years, and who was, by the way, a general in the Israeli army, was the commander of the Air Force, very talented man, announced a while back that he's going to uh, run to be prime minister, and he's starting his new party, he's going to call it Hayisraelim, the Israelis, 
and he uh, was waiting for people to join him. Well, one person who joined him is Avi Nissenkorn. He is one of the refugees from the Blue and White Party. He was Minister of Justice at the time. Oh my gosh. And he left to join Ron Khuldei because everybody thought that he is the flavor of the month, the new flavor of the month. Avi Nissenkorn was the former head of the Histadrut, Israel's most, largest and most powerful labor union. But it just didn't go anywhere. It just didn't go anywhere. And they kept, you know, thinking, maybe, 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 it'll pick up, it'll this, it'll that, advertising, all kinds of stuff, nothing happened, didn't go anywhere. So then at the last minute, they, uh, Avi Nissenkorn left, and one whole day announced he's not running, which is smart, smart move because he would not have made the threshold and all his votes would have gone to waste. Ofer Shelach, who is a refugee from Blue and White Party, no, I'm sorry, yes, Blue and White, but really yes, a tid faction of the Blue and White Party, he was like very close, like the number two man to Yair Lapid, who was the founder of Yesh Atid. Ofer Shalach was a journalist, very successful, and was very good in politics. But then he decided that he didn't like the fact that Yeshatid was controlled completely by Yair Lapid, and he wanted to have primaries within the party, and the party said no, and so he left. And he decided to start his own party, but nobody was following him. When he looked back, there was no one there. He waited and waited and waited and hoped and hoped, and he hoped that, for example, the Labor Party would take him in, as did Ron Khuldai and so forth. But, we'll talk about the Labor Party in a minute, they didn't, and so they were just left alone with no body following them again. So Ofer Shelach also left. When I say left, means left politics. They just announced, that's it, they're not running and uh, believing. Uh, some other examples. Dani Yatom was the former head of the Mossad, a high-ranking general in the army. He started his own party. <laughs> Didn't go anywhere. Dropped out. Itzik Shmuley and Amir Peretz were both in um, the last election, they were both members of the Labor Party. And shockingly, when when Blue and White, when Gantz joined BB in this coalition, unity coalition, they jumped ship and joined BB, which is amazing because the Labor Party, if anything, is one of those just-not-BB parties. So... Itzik Shmuley, who um, was, I think he still is, maybe he was on, Minister of Welfare, was a leader of the 2011 uh, protests for uh, what they called social justice. He's gone. Amir Peretz, very long-time leader in the Labor Party, former head of the Labor Party. He headed up the Labor Party, ran for prime minister. Uh, he was the head of the Histadrut also out now you have some more Kaholavan refugees Gantz's party which basically fell apart which we don't even know if 
if it'll if, if it'll hit the threshold or not. Moshe Bogiyalon, very capable guy, former Army Chief of Staff and Defense Minister, former Defense Minister. Gabi Ashkenazi, also former Army Chief of Staff, Minister of Foreign Affairs, one of the founding members of Kaholavan, out. Not running. Rafi Peretz. He headed the Bayit Yehudi in the last, uh, was it the last election or two elections? I, I can't keep track of everybody. He was the chief military chaplain. He was Israel Air Force helicopter fighter pilot. He was the head of the pre-military Mechina, a pre-military Mechina. Very talented person, it would seem, but he just was going nowhere in politics. So he, 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 very smart, very wisely. It takes guts to pull out after you make a big, you know, you're the head of a party and a big hullabaloo and you're in the Knesset and you're a minister. And it takes guts to say, you know what? I'm not helping anybody. And the last one I have on my list is Miki Chaimovich, who was a popular journalist, TV personality. She joined Bogi Yalon in Telem, which became part of Kacholavan. She's also leaving. So this is probably, in the history of Israeli politics, the longest list of big names that just before the election slates are being closed have said, that's it, we're out. Dania Tom, Itzik Shmuli, Amir Peretz, Ron Chuldei, Moshe Bogi Alon, Gabi Ashkenazi, Rafi Peretz, Avi Nisenkorn, Miki Chaimovich, Ofer Shalach, all out. Which proves that you can be great at what you do. It doesn't mean you'll be great as a politician. And I think a lot of people have never learned that lesson. And uh, it's sad. Everybody just thinks, okay. I'll be a politician. What, what does it take? I, I have a head, I have a, I have a mouth, I have eyes and ears. I'll be a politician. I'm alive. I have a pulse. But politics is a very difficult profession. And we have to see it as that. as a, a, Maybe as a skill. It's a skill. It just doesn't come to you. It reminded me, I, I was telling Nachum Siegel the other day, it reminded me of an interview that Nachum did with the very, very famous Israeli photographer, David Rubinger. David Rubinger is the one, I mean, he's taken many iconic pictures, but the one probably he's most famous for is the three paratroopers at the Kotel on Yom Yerushalayim, 1967. So Nachum asked him brilliantly, what does he think about the fact that today everybody everybody has a camera everybody walks around with a camera in their phone and snapping pictures you know when when he was in his prime you had to have a real camera and it wasn't cheap and and so forth so he asked them that and David Rubiger replied if you have a pen it doesn't make you an author and uh, that's very true for politics. We'll take a break and we'll uh, tell you about the um, the parties that are left and uh, 
where that uh, where that leaves uh, the the election, the upcoming elections. Before that, we'll break for music. This is called Chayalim Almonim. It is sung, believe it or not, by Shlomo Artsy. It is, or was, I should say, the theme song, the anthem of the Lechi that was headed up by Avram Stern, Yair, who was murdered at the age of 34 on the 25th of Shvat, 79 years ago. So in his memory, we will play Chayalim Almonim. My name is Mayor Weingart, and you're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. of the Lechi were written by Avram Stern Yair Yair was his um, was his underground nickname everybody had an underground name you wouldn't call the person by his regular name by his real name because that would help the authorities Yitzhak Shamir who later became Prime Minister was one of the heads of the Lechi, his name was Michael. I don't know everybody's name, but I just remember that one. And being that we have the time, I'll just quickly do some translating on this, uh, on the first verse, written by Yair. Um, and it and it's shows you what type of person he was. He was in sort of like very all or nothing revolutionary type but very firm in his beliefs 
And and the fact that he was so radical, if you will, and I say radical not negatively in this case, was the reason that he broke off from the Etzel. The Etzel and the Lechi were one. There was there was only one or underground organization, the Etzel, and then they had a uh, a difference of opinion about how they should treat the British during World War II. The Etzel said. As long as the British are fighting the Nazis, we leave them alone. And the Lechi said, no, the fight in Eretz Yisrael must continue. We are soldiers without names, without uniforms. We are surrounded by horror and the shadow of death. We have all been drafted for life. Mishachrer, Rak Hamavet. Only death can release us from our commitment. Biyamim Adumim Shel Piraot Vidamim. That's this is already, I believe this is the second. No. Biyamim Adumim Shel Piraot Vidamim during the days made red with blood metaphorically, by riots and bloodshed, during the black nights of despair, in towns and villages we will raise our flag, we will raise our banner, on which inscribed is defense and conquest. He had no problems saying it outright. We are defenders, but we are also going to conquer our land of Israel. That was Chayalim Al-Munim, written by Yair Stern. And it's interesting that every year they have a memorial for him on his yard site, which was yesterday. And, um, And many people come, even though most of the people that are there already the next generation, not part of the generation that was alive during those days not the diehards so obviously the message means something to uh, to others so we'll give you a quick rundown if you will um of uh, what we now know are going to be the parties running in the election. And I'm going to leave out some, but I'll just give you hopefully the the, the the major players. On the right, Dili Kud with uh, Bibi Netanyahu. On the right, even more to the right, if you ask me, than Li Kud, is Gidon Saar's new party in which um, he's gotten some formerly could members, some good formerly could members, Zevelkin, for example, and others, but he seems to be lacking pizzazz, charisma. I don't know where he'll go, but right now in the polls, he's polling pretty high, but I don't know if that'll last. Also on the right, Naftali Bennett and Ayelet Shaked, 
And their numbers were very high until Sar came along. He stole some of theirs. Not stole. He took some of their um, projected seats. But they're still running with uh, Yamina. And then Naftali, um, Bitzalel Smotrich, who is heading up a party called <laughs> Hatsionuta Datit. That's pretty uh, funny. The religious Zionists, as if there aren't any others. And he he has been joined by Itamar Ben-Gvir, who is a disciple of Rav Meir Kahana, Zecher Tzadik Levracha, who was killed al Kiddush Hashem. Itamar Ben-Gvir is a very, very divisive name. And he's joining with Vitzalel Smotrich, and they're hoping to get what they call the Hardali, Haredi Dati Leumi um, vote. That's on the right. In the middle, sort of, you have a Victor Lieberman whose main um, platform seems to be anything anti Haredi. Benny Gantz and the remnants, the tatters of the Kaholavan party, the blue and blue and white, which I, I said is should be called the black and blue, and then fade to black. It's a question if they're even going to pass. But most people, most of the big names left. In the center left, Yeshatid with Yair Lapid. His numbers are pretty high. Could be he'll be the number two party and he'll be able to put together a coalition. Hard to say. There's a slight resurgence of the Labor Party. The Labor Party, which founded the State of Israel, Mapai, the, 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 they ruled until 1977 almost as a, uh, as a one-person one ruler, Ben-Gurion and others. They were basically dead. Um, and Merav Michaeli, who is a very charismatic former journalist, um, who's got, I guess, what it takes and has been fighting for the Labour Party, she took it over. She's now heading it. They had primaries. We'll talk more about the particular issues for each party, but just to give you this overview. So they're going to be on the left, or maybe center-left, hard to say. But there's buzz. There's, the media, for sure, is creating some buzz around it. On the on the hard left is Meretz, at where it always is. They're consistent. They consistently get, you know, five seats or so, plus-minus, on the hard left. And then the Arab parties, which Benjamin Netanyahu brilliantly laid a trap for, just like he laid the trap for Benny Gantz, and we spoke about that at great length, he laid a trap for the Arabs, and he managed to split that United Arab Party that had 15 seats, and really was a block uh, to Netanyahu's get, putting together a coalition. What he did was, he went to one of the parties, the, the United Arab Party was made up of four uh, four sub-parties, and uh, he went to one of them, the one that he felt he'd be able to talk and promise and cajole and be successful with. I joked that he basically 
broke his promise to all the Jewish parties he could get now <laughs> no one is left and he had to go to the Arab parties and break his promise to them for them to learn who they're dealing with um, so he basically in the within the Arab parties there's a, a, a split an ideological split there are those who say that part of the job of the Arab parties in the Knesset is to be a representative of the Palestinian Arabs. Uh, then others say, no, we are, we are elected by and we represent the Israeli Arabs who have needs and, uh, and we should be representing them. We should be working to get them government budgets. We should work to get um, municipal uh, backing for new roads and uh, schools and so forth, meaning forget about the politics of the Palestinian Arabs and a Palestinian state and all that. We are happy in the Jewish state. Why should we um, be be wasting our mandate in the Knesset on politics, which doesn't go anywhere anyway? And so um, Netanyahu went to Nazareth and he held a press conference and he was able to rest W with the W away uh, one of the four parties Ra'am Reish Ayin Mem Rishima Aravit Meuchedet is the name of the party and now they're running on their own so the joint Arab party that is has won in the last three elections and got in, in the vicinity of 15 seats, which is huge. Now, in the polls, they're down to like 10 seats. Whatever it is, Ram is going to pull away a certain number of seats, maybe four or so, from from the major, the large Arab party and take away from the power that it held uh, over the coalition uh, possibilities. You get that? I hope so. I hope you got all that. And so he created for himself a better situation. Netanyahu. Okay, hopefully all that is uh, is clear. Um, and we'll continue to follow. We will continue to follow the elections and uh, up until and including election day itself. Okay, we're going to wrap up. What should we wrap up with? You know what? We'll wrap up with a new song, a relatively new song, by by an artist who I don't know much about, Daniel Admon. Um, the name of the the name of the song is Sipur Shaloni Gmar, and um, it was interesting. I'll learn more about him. But in the meantime, I'm happy to share with you as we close out this uh, this song Sipur Shaloni Gmar by Daniel Admon before before we do that we're going to go to our usual uh, closing words in which we say thank you thanks so much for listening thanks for all your Facebook likes and comments thanks to the staff of the Nachum Siegel Network and my very special thanks as always to Nachum Siegel and it's an opportunity for me to remind you to take a look, go on to YouTube and take a look at the Nachum Siegel Network Super Bowl half-time, kosher halftime show. It's very good. 
it's really good and uh, I know it'll be very helpful the more people that watch it the better it'll be for the Nachum Siegel Network so please you'll enjoy yourself and you'll help the Nachum Siegel Network okay um, in about 30 minutes Jake Novak with Novak Now three lessons from the late George Schultz one, two, the truth about the Yemeni civil war and three, what we need to know about the quote unquote social justice Super Bowl, all that coming up on Jake Novak Novak Now, it's coming up in a half an hour and then the great Monday Music Marathon until next Monday immediately following Jamie the AM this is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last oh no, they're just running in a different race אני חושב, חושב על הסוף, מוותר על הנוף, רוצה להגיע, אבל אני יודע, צריך גם לחיות, חשוב גם לחבור, בסוף גם נגיע, אמרת לי פעם, שהחיים כל כך פשוטים, זוכר שאמרת, Thank you.